0: And welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro-wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And this week, it's another double episode week. We got two of them dropping today for you. Um, One taking a look at AEW's full gear 2021, which is this one. Uh, joined by uh, the great uh, editor over at Fanfight, Colette Aaron, um, who some of you, I, around close to a thousand of you at this point, know is nominated uh, for writer Journalist of the Year uh, in the 2021 QWI Awards. Um, and I guess, you know, We'll get to that a little bit later here in, in the intro, but of course the second episode we have this week that you should also definitely check out, um, I got the chance to sit down with Mercedes Martinez um, just a few days ahead of her Impact Knockouts title match against Mickey James at Turning Point on Saturday. So definitely as soon as you get done... Listening to me and Colette kind of opine our thoughts about uh, AEW Full Gear here. um, Go check out that interview with Mercedes. Um, It was uh, someone that I was ecstatic to have the chance to speak to. Um, But that being said, Full Gear, overall, I really like the show. We'll get more into that here. Um, including some of the smaller details (laughs) that kind of piqued our interest a bit on the show. Um, But before we get there, I do want to touch on the QWI Awards just a, a tad here, because, wow, the response in just two days since the voting was opened for uh for those awards the response has been amazing to see i mean like i said we're close to a thousand ballots submitted and it's only two days in voting's open till december 2nd like y'all could have been patient about it but thankfully y'all were not um i just have to say thank you so much for the response um, so far i am reading the feedback as well and i'll have more to say about that once um, voting kind of gets closer to the to the end of things, but you your voices are being heard, and they're already kind of circling in my head as to next year's awards and and how things can be changed and made better for, for all of you there. Um, but with that being said, keep voting. You know the you can find the link on both the show Twitter page at LGBT Ring as well as my personal. Um, twitter account at wonderboy otm but we'll put that to the side for now let's jump right into our full gear discussion with Collette aaron what's up guys gals and non-binary pals welcome back to lgbt in the ring and we are talking aw full gear this week with our returning guest the editor over at FanFight, and as I can say now today, voted by you, the listeners of LGBT in the Ring, a nominee for Writer Journalist of the Year in the QWI Awards for 2021. Um, I, the way you're looking at me right now, this is news to you, Colette Thank Arend. You. How are you? <laughs> Thank
1: you. Um, that's amazing. Thanks to everyone who nominated me. That's incredible news. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, of course. No, it was like I tallied the votes the for nominations like la yet yeah, Monday. And I was like, oh well, this makes sense. Colette's there. Like it it just made complete sense to me personally. But I'm glad that the listeners and the fans agreed. And so you are you are there with a, a fun slew of other nominees. But so
1: I'd say that it's uh that it's expected because nothing is expected. I I like I never expect anything like that, but it is uh no, I'm very grateful for that. It's very nice to hear. So thank you. And uh, good luck to all the nominees.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. You're going up against Wade Keller. So Thanks. thumbs up on that.
1: <laughs> Childhood now.
0: <laughs> well, moving on from that, we do have a pay per view to talk about. Um, one that has, I think, gotten a lot of praise, specifically for a few matches. Um, but overall, like it's AEW, their pay per views usually are solid to great um and i think full gear kind of fits in there as well um i don't know if um a, the whole card throughout carried that same kind of weight as what hangman and adam and uh kenny omega promised there but honestly it didn't that wasn't the purpose for it this really was in, in a way at least in my mind a one match show in that it was meant to be the coronation of hangman page
1: uh, it was not a one match show. They yeah, versus CM Punk.
0: <laughs> oh, I I, mean, I know. I mean, I think like going into this, a lot of the focus was on that, but mm-hmm. Punk and Kingston. Stole my God, yes.
1: Um, I think that it was intended to be more than a one match show. Like, if if things would have gone as planned, and they would have gotten Moxley versus Danielson. Things might have been a little bit different, but they didn't have like a lot of time to like prep Miro for like he didn't have a run towards the, the match like he just had a match um but yeah I think that a lot of it was like structured around the idea of like we need to separate these three extremely hot matches from each other in some way shape or form a lot of people called it a really stacked card but compared to all out like I don't I don't think so like I think that it was a good card like and I think that most of the matches were pretty good um but i don't think that you're you're booking like oh maybe you are like you know the jungle boy and uh luchasaurus and christian cage versus the super click or whatever like if this was like a, a massive thing like you find ways to get other champions on the card like sammy guevara or other main eventers in like a singles thing like adam cole um but yeah i mean i thought that it was good
0: <laughs> yeah no it, i i enjoyed the show but it definitely um there were some spots where like i, I saw the same comparisons like between this and, and all out i think and i think all out felt like more of a stacked show which honestly all Out's kind of one of they're all pay-per-views for aw all kind of signature but all out is like a, a signature above signatures
1: and that one above and beyond any other show they've run is like the craziest thing. Like I was there live, and I I don't think I'll ever forget. You know, a the CM Punk match, b the Adam Cole fake out, and d like Brian Danielson coming in and doing his thing. Like you can't like in terms of advertised matches. Like I think it was still like a overall like it had CM Punk's first match in seven years. Sorry, that's the winner. Like because. Yeah. This Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega look like a downgrade. I don't know if you think so, then you're dumb. Like, that match was really good. Like, um, I mean, in this instance, it is kind of like an apples to apples thing, but you're right. Like, it was their WrestleMania versus like their I don't know, like what's the other big four pay per views, their SummerSlam. It wasn't quite a SummerSlam, it's like Survivor Series, like modern Survivor Series where there's no Survivor Series matches. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I think that's a a good comparison, honestly. And it fits, although I think it carries a bit more cachet than Survivor Series does nowadays, obviously. But that's a conversation for another time. Um, Let's delve right into it. Obviously, we had a a buy-in match with Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter going up against Thunder Rosa and Ikaru Shida, all four women in the quarterfinals of the TBS Championship Tournament. Um, This was fine. It was kind of thrown together with, you know, opponents for the tournament, tag teaming um, on the last chance to kind of sell people on the show. The match was fine, but I think we talked off air, like you pointed out, like this is kind of what happens whenever you don't have a lot of attention paid to your women's division. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what the issue was. Like, you know, it was an okay match. Like, it would have been fine on um, Dynamite or, you know, Dark or something like that. Like And to say that it would have been nice on dark is not at all an insult like dark is a great show i love it um but you know like it wasn't it didn't feel special there was no time put into it the only thing connecting the four was that they were in the tournament together which frankly uh i had totally forgotten about until you just said that like i when i was like i don't understand why off air i was like i don't know why Daniel wills and, and jamie hater are together in this match it doesn't make any sense it's like oh wait no they're both in the tournament and they're both heels like that's Fine, but I don't remember them talking about it very much. I think, so, you know, they weren't really helping. Um, so yeah, it was it was fine. It was a match that happened, um, which is crazy. a lot of pre-show matches end up being. So doesn't have to be a Stone Cold Classic. It just has to break up the space between video packages. and content.
0: Yeah, and it, it accomplished that at least. You know, and I will say it is always fun to see Nyla uh, and and Thunder Rosa for myself. Um, and Sheeta, all these women honestly are great. It's just the uh, spot could have been more in, in the grand scheme of things here. Um, and of course, that takes us to the opening match of the show proper. MJF against Darby Allen. And like always, this is we always preface any discussion of Darby Allen by noting that there are credible allegations of abuse against him. Um so this match was pretty exciting I will say that much um I thought that MJF um MJF has a way of impressing me that I don't always know how it's going to manifest um you know I think that a lot of times he is more well regarded and more well known for you know his work on the mic obviously but So much so that that I think sometimes you can forget that he can actually go. And this match kind of mixed both really, really well. I mean, he was there right alongside Darby physically for this entire match. And then you had the storyline sort of idea of him beating him with a headlock takeover that ended up um, manifesting into this great heelish ending to to this match um, to kind of continue i'm assuming this is probably going to continue this feud uh for a while at least
1: oh yeah we haven't had sting versus mjf yet
0: that's very true
1: the, <laughs> ultimate, the ultimate in in matches uh for me uh, with anything involved in sting that's like the only thing about darby allen that i really care about is uh my uh, my wrestling dad from from 1997 i gotta see some scorpion death drops i gotta see some scorpion that locks. I got to see some stinger splashes. Um, I got to see it all. That's what I want. Out of <laughs> any Darby Allen thing pretty much is uh, is that. But um, all of that being said, uh, yeah, I, the way that I think about this match is like, yes, it was exciting. It also was a little bit disjointed, but none of that matters um, because I think mjf proved himself to be a wrestling genius in the sense that at the end of the match he hit darby allen with like the dynamite diamond ring or whatever he had in his trunks but the entire match he was adjusting his his wrestling gear like for the whole (laughs) match like seriously he did it like 10 times and i was like there is no way that this dude like just accidentally ordered wrestling gear that's too small like what the hell is going on like so i was like you know, not to sound, not to sound uh, untoward or anything, but like, I was mesmerized by this because it's hard not to notice. Like, there was like an episode of Tough Enough, I think, like back in the day, uh, the Steve Austin, Lita, and like other assorted people, one, where like Lita mentioned something about, and it might have been Stratus. I don't know why I'm mixing them up, but one of, one of those two people, uh criticized one of the women who was in in the Tough Enough tournament by saying you know like when you're in there and you spend the whole match adjusting your gear that makes it very hard to take you seriously as a wrestler because like why wouldn't a wrestler have gear that fits you know so it's like just like staring at MJF like he was doing this and I like I was like going nuts over it because initially I was like I can't believe that he fucked up like I can't believe that he screwed up like this like this is a screw-up and it's on him like unless his gear maker got the gear to him like 30 minutes before showtime and then he pulls out the brass knucks or the the dynamite diamond ring and I was like this this is genius this this <laughs> is storytelling like this is everything everything i've ever wanted but like never knew how to ask for in pro wrestling was like gear manipulation leading to an illegal win amazing amazing if if that's what happened like if that is seriously what happened in that match then mjf is a genius and he's he's immediately a top 3 wrestler for me that's all it takes uh, i'm very easy to play <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> like uh, I have my series about uh, the greatest wrestler of all time and how there's like at least 2,000 greatest wrestler of all times uh, in this universe. And like, I, I can't believe that I'm saying this because I have hated MJF and like in a serious way uh, for the entirety of like my being point- acquainted with him uh, as a wrestler. And now I'm like, nope, nope. if This is what happened. And he's the best. How can anyone even dispute that? Like, what a <laughs> thing and if that's what happened and i'm the only person who noticed it then i'm a wrestling genius too so you see where this is going i
0: do the the transient property of all of this
1: yeah osmosis (laughs) wrestler does wrestler critic uh observes no one else observes therefore me genius no one else genius
0: (laughs) i just i love that something as small as gear manipulation can immediately 180 mjf in your mind like that
1: (laughs) but i mean like think about it though like he's supposed to be a guy who's all about the small details right but like a lot of his matches kind of get lost in like these giant character moments that are super showy they don't need to be this is not showy at all this is straight up 1980s nwa like georgia heel tactics even though i watch a lot of that stuff and i've never seen it like i i'm i'm impressed by it because it looks like a mistake like if you as a wrestler can get people like me to bite on something by looking at it and going huh it's really weird that he's doing that this must be some kind of mistake only to fool that kind of person because i feel like i'm pretty smart about wrestling like you know let's be honest i am pretty smart about wrestling um so if you can if you can get me to bite one way and then completely head fake me in another and it is an extremely small detail that only people watching at home or in the first like 10 rows can really observe they probably aren't because the people in the ringside area are getting drunk and everyone else is getting caught up in like the big moves and rehearsals and stuff like that that's impressive to me like on a on a very serious level like when i write about this for fan fight it's going to be a little bit jokey because it should be uh you know <laughs> like it should be the title that i have for the article is great but i don't want to spoil it no worries uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh like you know it should be like he should be winning that way like in in these like ways that are so infuriating and like honestly like When I when I rewatch this match, um, I might prove myself wrong, but at the same time, like if he did that, he got one over on Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, who have been in wrestling for long enough to like know that that's what was happening. Like it's a different way of doing the he's got something in his tights routine, which has been something that has existed in wrestling since probably Gorgeous George. Like to to do something different with something that small. I, I got to give it up like that that would 180 him for me like because that's where I would see what everyone's talking about with him as a wrestler like as being a smart heads up like technically gifted wrestler because technical wrestling is not just you know holds and exchanges and stuff like that like it's it's all the other stuff that goes along with it the fine details and that is a fine detail like that is like that is something that like you know you can't put in a video game it's something that you can't describe like without sounding like a lunatic. Like it's something that you have to see happen. I saw it happen. Um, and I'm extremely happy with myself that I did because I thought it was funny. I thought that it was clever. And I thought that it was an, like an extremely smart way to have him beat somebody who quote unquote needed his win back after losing the punk a couple months ago. Great, good match.
0: No, yeah. I. I definitely enjoyed this one as well. And like it makes me want to go back and watch this match again, but also makes me want to go back and watch some of his other more high profile matches, like the Jericho match or the Moxley match and like kind of look and see how this progression has happened. Because I think those matches, I think had much more of that large showiness that, that you speak of without some of the smaller stuff. But that's also just recall from, from my own head right
1: now. And they're bigger matches. Yeah. They're bigger. Like this one is just like, the invented four pillars thing uh like Ah. four pillows (laughs) Um, but like you know like which is stupid that's not how that worked anyhow like um but uh yeah it's like that's like the hook as opposed to the hook being like he joins the inner circle which is obviously a lead-in for him destroying the inner circle uh you know world title matches are entirely different and like he's still been kind of finding his groove like i think that's something that they've done a lot better with the men's roster than they have the women's is like developing their younger wrestlers without making it look like development um you know like the pinnacle thing is what it is i'm not a huge fan of it um but he is working with Tully blanchard period and yeah. statement like holly blanchard like, I feel like a lot of people don't know how good Tully Blanchard was in in the 80s and 90s or like how steep in wrestling history Tully Blanchard is because his dad ran a territory in Texas but like if you have that person in your ear 24/7 and this sounds like I'm talking about managers in a kayfabe sense, but I, I, I really truly mean this like he works with Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard is constantly relaying advice feedback like all of that stuff like you're gonna get smarter and that's why max has gotten better as a singles wrestler um i think that that's why pinnacle has gotten better as a group as time has gone on like it it didn't feel very smart at first and there's still things about that group that i would improve but um you know like mjf is 24 years old 23 years old something like that like and he's working with blanchard he's working with Sean Spears, who's, like, an incredibly well-regarded person when he was in NXT, uh, and he's working with FTR, who are a very smart tag team, even if I think they overthink a lot of stuff, um, which leads to, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about when we get to that match. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, the consequence of that is that Max has gotten a lot better at, like, the fine details of it. And I don't like comparing wrestlers to other wrestlers. Like I know a lot of people are kind of like, especially because Pinnacle is like a four horseman riff. Um but like the idea of him as like the next rift player or something like that. Like he is not the next rift player. Like he is he's going to be and already is the first Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And like he's an impressive guy. I just I hate his promos. <laughs> like <and> I, <laughs> not because I'm supposed to, I just hate them. Like it's you know it is what it is. So again, he's not the next rift player. But um, which is good. Like, we need fewer rick players and more MJFs, I think. Like, it's it's time to kind of move on from the past and develop new people. And AEW has done a very good job of developing him while also making him look like he's a top star. Um, he's not quite there yet. It's the same is true of, of Jungle Boy. You know, like, the same is true... Uh, frankly, the same is true of Sammy Guevara. Like, all four pillars are not to the level... Well, Darby Allen's close, but like, you know those dudes are 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 being elevated slowly as time goes on they're not being hot shotted like to the top to prove a point or anything like that and i think it's really smart
0: no i definitely agree like it that that slow progress is kind of like always has or typically has the better outcome um in the long run and Austin
1: had slow progression like if you think about him like from king of the ring to when he won the title was two years almost yeah um because he won king of the ring in 96 he feuded with brett hart uh he had a subscriber series match in 96 feuded with him in 97 was intercontinental champion broke his neck towards the end and didn't win the world title until march 1998 like that's that's a long time like i think king of the ring was in may at that point so you're talking about two months short of two years build for steve austin and look what it got them the biggest wrestler in in history, you know, whether you want to debate about that with Hulk Hogan, too. Hulk Hogan, they gave him the title in, like, one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Before Bob Backlund was like, uh, uh, I guess you can have my shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, that long, slow build, like, you would think that fans don't have patience for it, but what we have, like, this card in particular is a card that's full of slow builds um mm-hmm. i mean if you want to take uh everyone's word and it is true like i've seen enough threads about the Punk kingston thing but like that being a match that's like 15 years in the making like that's a different kind of slow build but you know it's it's a it's a release to a thing that you may or may not have heard about and if you haven't heard about it you have two three very convincing weeks of television to kind of get into it so yeah this card is great so far still built though. Yeah.
0: yeah no i agree and like i think that in terms of like fan patience with this stuff like it, it i think it really comes down to how you condition your fans to accept this stuff and AEW's done a good job of that and i feel like you know couple of that along with an audience that i think is more apt to have that patience for for things or buy into that mm-hmm. and i think you have a, a really good outcome here um and i'm very curious to see where uh where mjf goes next um i'm sure th- like you said maybe it's sting sting is the
1: next match please i love sting so much i want to see sting in in a singles match (laughs) um all of my dream matches in aew are sting it's like sting versus mjf sting versus danielson sting versus miro sting versus cm punk uh like give me sting against all the main eventers like just let that man go out on, like, one last psycho run, like, the way that every old man wrestler wants to, like, the way that he wanted to before he got injured. Like, he was letting Seth, Seth Rollins powerbomb him in the turnbuckles. He was made of sand. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. God, God. That match oh. rules. That's so good. People don't give that match enough credit. People don't give Diesel versus Triple H in a ladder match enough <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man that's one of those matches nash and, and triple h that just like whew, like it just it it enters my mind every once in a while it's and when good. It, it yeah it
1: is it honestly is it's good the only reason why it's bad is because nash drops to a knee too quickly on the pedigree that's it that's the one major fuck up but nash and triple h have good chemistry like they're they're they never got to do it when they were younger but like their hell in a cell match also really good um they were worried about it not being good which is why they had foley as the referee but uh, i could talk about diesel all day uh, <laughs> big daddy cool <laughs> I a Kevin day, so <laughs>
0: Maybe we'll have to do a special episode where we can just talk all about, all Diesel. about Nash.
1: Yeah. I think yes. I've done that before. I did that on WrestleSplania, but I could go again and <laughs> I could go, I could I could do 24 hours of Kevin Nash podcasting. <laughs> well,
0: moving on to our next match. You alluded to it earlier. Uh, the AW tag team championships on the line, the Lucha Brothers defending against FTR. Um, this match. Had a a very similar feel to the opener for me um, Mm. up until the ending. Whereas, like, the ending of MJF and Darby stuck its landing really, really well and, like, kind of was a light bulb moment in some ways. Um, The ending of this match just felt a little clunky um, whenever they went back to the Super Rana's masks and Mm. used that basically as an excuse to continue the feud. Because you had, um, I believe it was uh, Phoenix uh, pinning the wrong FTR member.
1: I think he was um, cash when Dax was.
0: Yeah, single. exactly. So like you had the mix-up there because they put on their masks. Why did they put their masks on?
1: Because FTR does old school tag team stuff. <laughs> That's it. That's the only reason. And yeah. specifically, they do 1980s WWF tag team stuff. So here's the Killer Bees, uh, which, if have you, have you seen many Killer Bees matches? I've seen a few. Okay. So for one, they all go on way too long. Very uh, true. <laughs> and for two, that spot where they switch masks is the worst and dumbest finish in 80s WWF. They're like, I, I don't know if Hacksaw Jim Duggan had decided to take the shoulder tackle as his jam, like in the 80s or if he waited until the 90s uh or whatever it doesn't matter that finish sucks it's so bad like how is this supposed to fool anyone like why is the referee like i don't know it's just it's garbage it works better for a heel tag team and like it does work like the vianos were great at it the bella twins when they did twin magic they were really good at it even though they don't look alike (laughs) (laughs) but like you can't you can't just do that like the 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 match was fine but like the finish i thought was was total trash because that spot is total trash unless you're going to do it right which they didn't they did it very poorly like a heel tag team should do it but the way that they did it where like only one of them was wearing the mask and then like the referee just didn't freaking care that the wrong person got pinned like you he just he, like they did it and the referee was like well whatever chief that's your bad. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta play in it now like you know that that part like you know it honestly kind of wiped the rest of the match from my mind like it just mm. it wasn't good like and I, I i alluded to this like earlier uh when i said the fdr tends to kind of overthink things There is usually a spot that they do somewhere in in the middle of the match normally where it's like, you guys spent a lot of time thinking about this. And the reality of the situation is that it still isn't possible to do the way that you want to do it. Um, Like it's usually a double team move or like some kind of like peril spot or whatever. And it's like, it's so close to working. You can almost see it work, but it doesn't. This didn't work in a different way where you have 20 years of fan conditioning that like this kind of spot doesn't exist unless you watch Saturday night or Bella Twins matches. Uh, And it didn't work and it wouldn't have worked even if they pulled it off because nobody in the arena would have gotten it. Um, Especially since it was booked for the referee to just not care. Like it's so weird. Like it's so overthought and under executed and the result was uh, a fairly, like you know, it was one of the matches on the card that I think I was most disappointed with. Not to say it was bad, but it just, you know, I I would rather watch their their previous match where they were just the Super
0: Yeah, I mean, this match is kind of like an example of a finish overshadowing everything else. Because, like, up until that point, like, it was exactly what what you would want for the most part out of an FTR Lucha Bros match, you know? Like, both teams were working their style really, really well. They were pulling the audience in, um, you know, really exciting. But that finish just, like, sucked the the life out of it in a way. Yeah. I mean I, I'll be I'll be real. The first, whenever I saw the masks come out, I thought they were going for a loaded mask spot.
1: Oh. The yeah. the switch thing shouldn't have worked anyhow because both of them have their names on their kites.
0: Yeah. Not to mention other like markers on their body <laughs> that kind of separate like, them out. Not,
1: not the same size. Skin yeah. color. Kinda different. <laughs>
0: so many different like signifiers that that would point to rick knox and be like hey
1: well he is painted as the worst referee (laughs) (laughs) terrible straw to draw like you look dumb all the time he's the worst referee and he calls the most trying matches because he's always the tag team official (laughs) poor baby poor baby rick knox
0: very poor very poor no i mean outside of the finish the match was, was good, but yeah, yeah, that finish, I don't, I mean, obviously we're setting up for this to continue, but I mean, they still have to fight down at a triple a triple mania. So. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Um, maybe into the winter, who knows beyond that. Um, of course that leads us into the final for the AW world title eliminator tournament with miro taking on the american dragon brian danielson we haven't had you on the show since danielson debuted with aw obviously because you were at all out you saw Mm -hmm. that live Mm -hmm. what's been your assessment of danielson in aw so far
1: it's been the best it's been so good that's Uh, what i was expecting honestly (laughs) it's been been, uh you could have if you would have asked me when he debuted what i was expecting uh it would have been something vastly different than this because I was just expecting like you know WWE Brian Danielson like a maybe more motivated one certainly not one who stomps people's heads in uh <laughs> like or does like 15 million submission like he doesn't have a finisher anymore like he just kills you <laughs> like whichever way he can find to grab your head and twist it he will do so it's the best it's so good uh, you know Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki was almost a religious experience oh my
0: god yes Uh,
1: like him versus Rocky Romero was excellent like him wrestling Aaron Solo on Dark was also very good like he has not had a bad match like not that I expect him to like at all and the points that they were making in the Miro match were like this was Miro's second match since he lost the tnt title against danielson who has wrestled consistently like almost every week since he debuted like i found that to be very interesting because like yeah like this dude has taken a beating and it's like in wwe i think that one of the last shows that i recapped uh for fan fight was uh, elimination chamber 2020 And uh, that was the one where he wrestled Drew Gulak. And there was that German suplex where Danielson nearly landed on top of his head, right? And like Mm. everyone was freaking out about this. Like the WWE matches of his after his surgery that are like exceptional are ones that play with the idea that if something bad happens, like he's he's going to die, (laughs) like essentially, or like retire or whatever. There is no such like, What's the thing that they put on a NASCAR to make it go slower? Well, oh, a limiter. Oh, yeah, yeah, a limiter. Yeah. Um, like there's no limiter on him anymore, and like I, I could not be happier. Like he's not Ring of Honor Brian Danielson, he's not WWE Brian Danielson. He is somebody who has taken the lessons that he has learned in both places and is applying them in a in a new way. If it wasn't for the fact that I love him so much, I would think that he's a heel. um like especially when he talks trash to like eddie kingston about being lazy and fat like that's not cool dude like calm down i know you're a vegan but most vegans are pretty chill (laughs) um like it's it's been so fun to watch because it is obvious how much fun he is having and i think that he is having more fun than he thought he would when he when he signed um the question of whether or not he could keep pace with that roster was ridiculous in the first place. Um, I think that people are trying to catch up to him now. And when they do successfully, I think that it results in something thrilling. Um, I, I, the one match that I cannot wait for that I will fly to anywhere on the planet to see is Danielson versus CM Paul. I want mm. that more than anything as a wrestling fan, uh, as a wrestling fan, journalist like that's what i want to see um, and i know it's a really obvious match to want but i think that those two are approaching this era of their career from like very different places where like cm punk wants to have fun and brian danielson wants to prove that he's still the best in the world and when those two things come together in a ring it's going to be very interesting to see how punk reacts how danielson handles not being smiley and happy-go-lucky in the middle of the ring because that was part of the issue with the match that we'll talk about later but there's so much Brian Danielson that I don't want to see. I want to see Danielson versus Sting. Give me that match. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Give me Danielson versus Sting. <laughs> the true dream match. The dream match. Dream match. <laughs> what geniuses.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, we're talking about people, uh, people with necks of sand, I guess. looking at Miro and sting as like the the community that would suffer the most at the hands of Brian Danielson. No, I I'm with you as well. Like, I mean, Danielson has been one of my favorites for decades at this point, honestly, and to see him kind of have those um, reins kind of pulled off of him and to go out and just, he just looks like he's enjoying himself so much more now Um, and it's amazing to see i want him to wrestle as long as he feels like he can and should um, and i want him against a different member of this roster almost uh, like every week
1: every week player uno i'm actually really looking forward to that yeah i saw a lot of people being like "Oh, he was fighting roman reigns on his way out now he's fighting player uno well guess what roman reigns is dope as hell that match was sick and now he's in a different place and he like you don't think that he's picking the opponents tony khan is gonna book him against rocky romero like randomly like no (laughs) he wants to wrestle uno and you know why because he has experience on the independence and remembers people like (laughs) it's gonna be good uno is is a very underrated singles wrestler i'm looking forward to that match like neither of us have mentioned the kenny omega match
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean it goes without saying that that was fantastic but at the same time they're like there's great and then there's interesting and I like the Daniel Bryan who gets to be interesting. He pulls great out of interesting all the time, but like, you know, I'm not a star guy person or whatever, but like, if he pulls like four out of player Uno, like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna freak out, because it's like, of course, of course, of course, and of course there's this argument for for Uno and, you know, for Aaron Solo, this young in his career, and, million other guys who've gotten to wrestle him like i i think that the brian danielson world tour like i hope it never stops um like i don't think he's beaten hangman but like you would talk about that as an anticipated match like brian danielson versus hangman adam page at this point in both of these careers how can you not want that like it's gonna be great
0: like, yeah yeah no no worries i I would be it would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about miro a bit because like his tnt title run was outstanding you know Mm -hmm. ended by sammy and i like that this existential crisis that he has fallen into this like questioning of god (laughs) that has resulted from him losing the title and and kind of finding his way again here um, obviously it wasn't meant to be in this match. This was the Moxley spot originally, mm-hmm. but I mean, honestly, for as quick as this all came together, like the match was really solid. Miro, I think, had, I think he's kind of um, risen above the TNT title picture now. I think that he fully can be a main event, a main event guy coming out of this match. Not to say that he couldn't before, but you know he was in his he was in his slot for for that for that time um but i think miro can really hold his own in the main event scene
1: yeah i think so too i also don't think that there's much of a difference between the tnt and world titles like outside of the fact that one gets defended more regularly than the other um My favorite thing about the TMT title is how every single one ends up being defined by their champion in some way, shape, or form. Like they get a new title that like, you know, is like their colors or like something that like represents their character. Um I wish that Miro were still the champion because I feel like outside of uh Brody Lee, like he was the one who kind of like most felt like that champion. Uh I don't think that Sammy Guevara should have beaten him personally like (laughs) nothing against sammy i like sammy fine as a wrestler but um i'm not entirely sure uh as to like what's you know now he's 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 a champion a singles champion but he's also an inner circle like we've never had like a, a stable champion before a tag team person with a title um and so far like the tnt title has been kind of pushed to the back for for like a different feud as opposed to like Miro, like coming out every week and like just crushing people and the, the trash that he talked, ugh, uh, phenomenal. Like he's, he became the best character in the company. And when Kenny Omega wasn't feuding with Adam Page, the TNT title was the more important title to a lot of people. Um, that's how good Miro was. Like there's no secondary title in, in AEW. There's, there's secondary storylines. Yeah. um and and miro's story as like you know becoming the redeemer or whatever was like way more important than whatever kenny omega was doing i feel like <laughs> um you know it happens like that's personal preference but i also feel like a lot of people would agree with that so he's he's great and you know he was it seemed like he was working injured during this match
0: yeah i wouldn't have been surprised if, if he, he was had a lot of tape on him yeah, a lot of people had a lot of tape on tonight or that night. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I know, like, I think some of that next stuff, like, it's definitely like storyline, but also, like, definitely not. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there's, I know he had some tape on his, uh, on his quad as well.
1: Yeah, so. his quad was a focus of the match. So that might have been a, uh, a storyline thing. Yeah. But Potentially. Yeah. Let's kick real injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Oh lord!
0: Well, that brings us to the six-man uh, false count anywhere match. Super Click, Young Bucks, and Adam Cole taking on Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage. Just um, honestly, like this is what you expect from one of these matches. There's always one of these matches uh, in some sh- way, shape, or form on an AEW pay per view. Yep. Um, and this one. I struggle with, like, I, I don't necessarily like to rank one against another because, like, there's so many other variables that apply to how these matches are received and that sort of thing. This one was, ex- it, was it was fun. It was exhilarating. There were a lot of really um, fun and dangerous spots here and there. Um, some that were, you know, breathtaking as well some good story stuff in there as well, but also it felt like it dragged.
1: Yeah, there were at least 10 minutes that could have been cut from this. Like <laughs> a lot. Transition spots, like walking around, like all of that kind of thing. Like if it would have just gotten snipped or if there had been a sense of urgency, it would have been a lot better. Um, I think my problem with it uh, is kind of twofold. The first of which is that like in that match, I'm not saying this like that, like any of the other wrestlers in it aren't good. The only wrestler that I liked in it is Christian Cage. Like, and by that, I mean, like in the match itself, he was the only wrestler who was wrestling to win for most of it uh, until his young son, uh, Jungle Boy, decided that he <laughs> wanted wanted to, to, to notch a body on his back <laughs> and do the concerto. <laughs> um, Give me the sword, know. father. Yeah, that was exactly what it was. Uh, like, and that was the story of the match, really, was, like, Jungle Boy coming into having a killer instinct, which is, like, cool, but you also had, like, all of this stuff about the Young Bucks, like, doing their dumb stuff. And, like, you know, I, I, I'm not much of a whimsical wrestling person, so, like, Luchasaurus misses me, like, as a character. What missed me even more was when the Young Bucks decided that they were going to do, like, a knee pad, like, like, a thumbtack knee pad BTE trigger, Uh, on a guy wearing a plastic mask what's that gonna do like you're not hitting him in his friggin' scales he's wearing a plastic mask like people aren't like people are humoring him when they call him a dinosaur (laughs) like i'm not even trying to be mean or talk like you know talk about him as though he's like an identity politics person but like he's wearing a plastic mask and you like that's the guy out of three there were there were three And you had a two and three chance of picking the right person to hit in the face with thumbtacks and you chose wrong. You chose. This was not forced on you. Like, (laughs) that's what always ticks me off about Young Bucks matches. And like, every time I see Brandon Cutler, I get like visibly, not visibly, like physically, like, you know, upset by it. Because it's just like, this is, I've seen this. I have seen this routine over and over and over again. It does not matter if you end it in a guerrilla warfare match that has, you know, bunch of people doing crazy stuff because you know what else I've seen in my uh how like nearly 30 years of watching professional wrestling a bunch of crazy stuff a lot of which involves thumbtacks like it's fine if you're not exposed to that sort of thing on a daily basis but by the same token I guess the the what you're not exposed to I'm talking about is like thumbtacks which have existed in WWE since like 1998 um it's not it wasn't crazy enough for me. It, I I didn't find it very fun outside of the, uh, uh the the Jungle Boy Christian Cage stuff. And like, I'm glad this feud is over. Like, I'm glad it's over. That's that's where I'm at on this. Like, there's a lot of feeds in AEW right now where like, if they ended today, I'd be like, well, glad that's over. And this one was kind of there along with uh like Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy, for me. Because I think that most of the people in it can be doing better stuff. And it seems like everyone is going to.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I I feel you want on a lot of that. Like the it did tick me off a bit to see like the 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 thumbtack knee pad spot on the one mask dude. Like that just made no sense to me. This match really I mean Christian was outstanding in it. You know, you can't deny the Bucks athleticism and I will no. admit Luchasaurus, like, hitting a shooting star off of the stage That's was cool. was dope. But at the end of the day, like, did this accomplish what it needed to do for Jungle Boy? I think it did. But it also was a very, like, messy way to get to that point.
1: Yeah, so, I would agree.
0: Yeah, it felt like. So, I don't know, like, there's always going to be one of these kind of matches on, on, on these shows. So um, sometimes they knock them out of the park, sometimes they don't. I don't I also did not like the false count anywhere step on this. Like, I feel like this would have been perfectly fine if not for the fact that you called the the inner circle match a Minneapolis street fight. Mm-hmm. If this had just been just a regular street fight, um, I think it would have been a whole lot better.
1: Hey, that false count anywhere thing too. Like that's one of those things where you look at small details and there was a spot where one of the Jacksons got catapulted onto uh, the, the, Entranceway, right? And like it was clear that he wanted to do something, but he climbed up there and there was those gears. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he straight up couldn't. And it's like that's that's a failure of planning. Like that's like not looking at the set before you go out and do stuff. That's or forgetting one or the other. But like they do normally jump off of that sort of thing. Like I, I was screaming on Twitter that someone should have hit someone with one of the gears. That would have been awesome. Uh, I would have I would have turned it around on that match the same way I did MJF. Like, just give me give me some gears. Uh, <laughs> but no one did. No one did. They all found out that they were there and they couldn't do anything from the thing. Like, you know, that's that's something that should have been cut from the match, is like that. Like, oh yeah, I guess that the spot is going nowhere now. Like, and that's I feel like that's something that's pretty true of a lot of young bucks matches. I can, I can also give them kudos for their athleticism, but how much young bucks athleticism do you need to see before it just becomes, this is what they do. Yeah. To do something better.
0: No, you're not wrong. And I think the last thing else I'll say on this match is um, like, I think it goes without saying that, you know, sometimes JR can be a little frustrating on the mic. Um, yeah. I can't remember if it was him or Tony, but the whatever was they were funny. okay what' the, was the saying about not
1: about pink and yeah like pink mustaches and gear and how can you be a tough guy if you're wearing pink fuck all you the know, way off <laughs> Ross joined in on it too but i was real disappointed in my boy tony
0: uh, all the way off with that
1: dangly earrings for a tough guy <laughs> <laughs> he's good God. but yeah that sucked. he doesn't usually blow that like that
0: yeah it just sucked to to have it there because I'm just like you I, I want to root against the young bucks, but whenever you are coming for them in that way, I have to defend them.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. it's
0: just my it's just my like, line of the they sand. Suck, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Lord. Well, moving from one tag team match to another, um, we had Cody Rhodes and Pac against Andrade Alidolo and malachi black uh this match was (laughs) i will say this for as much as we've seen in recent tag team wrestling the whole shtick of a match being teams not working well with each other or or being you know upset and unintentionally hitting each other and that sort of thing this was one of the better examples of that it worked right. better than a lot of those for me. Um, it
1: different too, because it was both teams. It wasn't just more.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, you have four super talented people in, in the ring, you know, there. And I thought that this was a really good showing for Pac. I thought it was a really good showing for Andrade, who hasn't really had the chance, outside of that one, the, the matches with Pac that he's had, yeah. hasn't really had a chance to really have a signature moment on AW television yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely true. But again, like, you know, one thing that we haven't really brought up, because we, we just brought up the issue of time in the last match, is um how long these shows are. Like four hours long, and they don't need to be. This match was fine. This was a dynamite match. Um, like it was just straight up a dynamite match because like these teams aren't going to exist together for much longer. Uh, there's not much of a place for them to go and, like, the face tag team and the heel tag team aren't going to fight each other, so, like, who who cares? Like, I I think that the way that they went about it was fine. I think that they need to realize, not necessarily realize, because this could just be a, a fan gimmick. Like, there's definitely people who still like Cody Rhodes out there, but, like, the star of the show was the audience booing Cody. I felt like that was where the announcers got the most hype about it they're like i don't understand why people boo cody rhodes like he's the best uh, <laughs> like, like that's you know that's that's how they were going about like talking about the situation and like you know it's unfortunate i guess uh, you know i don't feel i don't feel guilty about being the one person who booed during this hard times promo uh mm. went to jacksonville <laughs> but like I do I do feel I feel like a little twinge of sadness when somebody with the last name Rhodes decides to embark upon something that is that is a massive failure like the failure to keep himself as a baby face um and that is such a big thing that it is impossible for me to see anything else in that match outside of you know like that spot for them to boo Cody wasn't necessarily built in. Like, it was just a spot. Like, it's hard to see. Um, and it's it's getting to the point where it's like, I wish they would figure something out. And if that something is is actually having them turn heel, fine. Like, you know, I think he cut a promo where he was like, I'm not going to turn. And I'm not, because if I did, I would just challenge for the AEW World Championship. And it's like, that's a contract that you signed. Like, you don't get to decide not to enforce it, even <laughs> if you're an EVP. There's three other EVPS, and there's a guy above you. (laughs) Like, that's not that's not how that works. You should just turn heel because that's what people want. Like, don't John Cena this, like, because it's not gonna work. Like, the the way that the crowd works is way different. That's all I could really think about during the course of that match. Like, I I thought it was pretty much filler um, to get to the next spot, which is fine. Like, there's there's a place for that, but. I, I don't have anything to say about the match clearly because I've just been talking about Blue and Cody Rhodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, i I did want to bring up the promo that he cut because I, it was an it was an interesting thing for me to see um, because you don't, I mean, obviously in AEW get this a bit more um, yeah. because of the people that are that are in charge there. but you don't normally see someone kind of addressing this like out of storyline thing so directly. And with such flawed logic because like you said being a heel doesn't mean that you go back on all these like contractual things and you don't necessarily the first route you go if you do turn heel doesn't mean that you have to break this thing this contract that you made and challenge yeah. for the title again there's so many other places for you to go yeah that... like
1: through the top 10 or five or whatever because you're nowhere near it but <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: No, but it does It does kind of represent like one of the few times that I've seen like AEW not really fully listen to its audience, you know? And I think that they're a company that has kind of had a reputation built about listening to at least a portion of their audience. We'll put it that way, because the portion that keeps clamoring about the women's division, including the people on the media calls, thumbs up TK. Um, you know, that sort of stuff those opinions have been voiced for a while now and you know we haven't really seen a ton of change yet um when it it pertains to cody though you're right this is not a john cena situation at all like this is something where it should be embraced a bit especially if you're going to keep having arn and i i love arn to death i if you're going to keep having arn pulling out finger guns before like just fucking throwing fists on people i love it but also like that that would fit so well into a heel nightmare family sort of scenario too
1: was he throwing finger guns is that what he was doing i thought that he was oh, holding yeah. his hands for his working punch
0: oh no like, he threw he like <laughs> he like reached into like his uh like pants loop and like pulled out a finger gun and That's then hilarious. punched punched andrade's
1: manager like, i love how he's like he has successfully turned that around because there were a lot of people who were like kind of horrified by the like pull lockout thing, and then he was like, "I don't know, like I don't have a gun or whatever he said." He was like okay, okay. So <laughs> okay. he got the
0: finger. He got the finger gun.
1: So, yeah, this is all him. Him and the bullet club.
0: Oh god. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm I'm with you. Like this Cody situation. It's gonna have to go somewhere at some point because like the fans are not gonna stop booing him.
1: Yeah, it certainly can't be a um like long term thing. Like they gotta figure this out sooner or later. Like, you know, something has to happen where like Malachi Black it's like they act like the black mist is some kind of like brain poison or whatever, but like it hasn't affected Cody at all. So like, you know, maybe maybe he can shoot like a a different kind of color. Uh, spray at him and he can (laughs) figure out that he's meant to be Cody Black like dye the hair black like a a Dracula the (laughs) in the jacket again (laughs) and start talking about how rich he is because like everyone like people don't want to hate him because of who he is or not who he is they kind of do but like because of like where he comes from like they don't want to hate him because of his dad if that was true then Dustin would be getting booed too um the reason they hate Cody is because Cody doesn't know how to play at, like, being a regular guy to play at being a Richmond, which is exactly what Dusty was good at, like, you know, towards the end of his in-ring career. And, like, you know, he talks about in his really famous promo with Dustin where, like, the view never changes and they, like, a hug and kiss to seal the deal. Like he talks about being a corporate cowboy and like, you know, kind of like throwing away his roots and stuff like that in pursuit of wealth and fame. And the fans loved it. They ate it up because like here's their hero saying, like, I messed up. I hope you take me back. Like, Cody needs to figure that out as opposed to like coming up with a bunch of weird talking points based on statistics that he read in some magazine. (laughs) Like, you know, he's he's overthinking it like he's guilty of overthinking it the one the, the one episode of roads at to the top that i watched was the one about that promo and you could see him like pacing back and forth like talking about it with people like going over it with brandy blah, blah 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 and it's like dude if you had done that a little less if you hadn't memorized the sheet of paper and instead had just gone in with like bullet points of what you wanted to talk about like it could have been a very moving and affecting promo like there's a there's a very thin line between good and bad and you landed on bad because you overthought it that's it company full of overthinkers in my opinion (laughs) you don't say yeah
0: (laughs) both both good and bad
1: both good and bad
0: You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at SarahInTheSafeWord.bandcamp.com. Um, Check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com IWTVLGBT check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT Ringpod. You can follow me on Twitter at Wonderboy OTM. And if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show That brings us to the women's championship match, the women's world title on the line. Uh, Doctor Britt Baker against uh, Te Um, Which uh, there's a there's a pattern for whenever we get together to talk about AEW pay per views, where the the women's title matches tend to outshine where they were at in terms of build or in terms of um, the larger. Fan audiences perception of what these matches are going to be. You know, a lot of the yeah. Nyla Rose Hikaru Shida matches come to mind uh, over the the time that, that we spent talking about these AEW pay per views. Britt and Tay, or Ty, rather. I think it approached that. I liked the match overall, but I think that there was still a bit more that could have been done in terms of pacing. Here. Yeah. I feel like the I felt like the final third of this match was a little off kilter in terms of timing. And I don't know if some of that was I, I don't know what's what really to attribute that to, but it just felt like some there was a little bit of a disconnect towards the end. But I like the finish. Ty needs to work on the, the moonsaults off the to the outside a bit.
1: And the pile driver.
0: Yeah. I, I did not realize that she was using that gotch style pile driver as often as she has been. That's
1: new. That's yeah. New. Since since Suzuki was there. Yeah. Um all right. So my theory about this is, you know, I, I frequently call Ty the best in the world. I love her to death. Like I I seriously do. Like i I go to, to bat for her. I have for longer than most. Um she's one of my favorite people to watch in AEW. She's not ready for the world title yet. I don't yeah. think. Um, and in truth, I think that one of the things that had we talked a little bit longer about the opening match, like the buy-in match, uh, this might have come up. But like, I think that the way that the women's division is being handled in AEW, as if is as if most of its roster still has some development to do. Which, honestly, having watched a lot of dark. Having watched a lot of like tournament matches and all this other stuff, like there are women on the roster who are in a prominent position who are not quite ready for the role they're in yet. I think, I think uh, Conti is one. Um, I think to a certain extent Britt is one. Like I don't think that Britt would be in the position she's in had her bleeding during that match against uh, Thunder Rosa not gotten over so big, which is not a criticism. Um, I think for me the biggest example is Jade Cargill, who is like has the presence and the size and the look and you know she's pretty good and getting better at promos but like when she was in a three-way match on rampage or whatever like she nearly necked herself on like selling a move uh and like a basic move too and like it was kind of scary and like there's nothing wrong with the women's division being kind of a developmental division because i think that a lot of these women are like a half a year a year two years out at which point you stagger from like one to another to another with like different things but uh tay's thing is that her being in this position was a response to her popularity uh from people like me (laughs) Uh, and and like the the truth of the matter is like the match was pretty good there was a lot of stuff going on. Like, you noticed the moonsault. Like, she was legitimately terrified of it. Like, I yeah. noticed the Godstyle pile driver, which is it's a pile driver. Like, that's not a super difficult move, even if you're doing the underhook under her front of the leg. Like, that's backyard wrestling stuff. Like, she's not quite there, period. I think that you're right about the first two thirds of the match being great and the second, like, the last third kind of being hinky timing wise. I think a lot of that is, again, it's experience. Um, and Tay, in particular, is still getting it. Like, before this, like, you can, you can talk about her reputation as a judica or, like, uh, like you know, any, anything, like Olympic uh, tryouts and stuff like that, and it's all fine and good. Her wrestling experience is entirely from the moment she signed with WWE to now. Like that is not a lot of time and she did not get a lot of time on NXT television. Uh, I don't know how training goes, but like, you know, she is still getting her legs under her. When she finds them, she is going to be the best wrestler in the world. And I mean that sincerely, like her pump kicks, like when you look at her comebacks and stuff like that, like they remind me of 2016 uh, Dan O'Brien or whenever he won the title. Um, like, that thing where, like, just, like, everyone gets behind it, like, because he had the the drop kicks, where he, like, would do the flip after the drop kick, and, like, run and charge the other corner, and that's what she's doing with her pump kicks, like, she has an incredible amount of potential, and I don't want to say that she was exposed, because I don't think she was, I just think that, like, this is, like, the first AEW women's title match on a pay-per-view that I can remember just saying, like, no, that was all right, and I said, yeah, that was all right, in a match involving one of my favorite wrestlers, <laughs> like so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're, I, I agree with you honestly on on Tay. Like, she has a lot of potential. She has, just look at her progression from her time signing with AEW to now. Attacking it's, yeah. yeah, it's leaps and bounds from where she was previous to that. She has a a very good acumen for picking up stuff quickly, but at the same time, like she clearly what wasn't ready for 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 this spot here and it really was only like small little things that really prevented her from i think being ready for that stuff that can be fixed in in that span of time that, that you're speaking about i think that she along with a number of other uh women that are there are set up to really carry this division forward over the next few years too I like so. as they, yeah and to your point about jade like I, I really like Jade's presence. I do too. I want her to get better at the in stuff for her own safety, but also for, you know, to be able to reach the heights of that potential that she has. Because yeah. she is, like, just looking at how people react to her on on Twitter right now, or I know Twitter's not the end-all be-all, but, like, there and other places as well, like, she has a star power about
1: her. She's got an impact though. Yeah. Like, 100%.
0: Yeah, and I just want that to continue to develop into someone that can ride this division um, for years to come. Because she, Lord, she is she is something.
1: Yeah, I mean, can you? I think that she got a WWE tryout, and I said no. Is that is to wild
0: make. to me. That is.
1: Crazy. I mean, uh, it's true. I should uh, look that up first. But. <laughs> if it is true, We're that is mind-boggling, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's not true, then why did they sign her? That, yes, that
0: too. God, I don't know. Either way, AEW huge get with Jake Carl. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Um, that brings us to honestly. I saw you tweet. This was the perfect wrestling match. No more wrestling matches or something yeah, like something. Much.
1: Yeah. I, I think I said like best wrestling match ever. And then was like, knew exactly what it set out to do. Accomplished all of its goals. Got out, got out of the ring in time and was just amazing. Like, yeah, there doesn't need to be any more wrestling matches after this. Uh, I, I stand by what I said. It was a perfect, it was perfect. I don't know if size show up on the microphone, but that was a, a pretty real one. They, uh, they definitely
0: show up. It was definitely good. a
1: real one. <laughs> good, because I don't know. Like this was the match that I, that I, you know, paid to see that's not true. I get paid to watch wrestling. So I, <laughs> you know, it's fine. But uh, how about, how about you go into your recap of it? And then we can, we can talk.
0: Yes, of course. We are talking about CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, as you, pointed out earlier a match 15 years in the making in all honesty um, a match that on, uh, that really felt like it had this added emotional weight to it not just through the promos because Eddie on the mic just I, give me like just 10 minutes straight of Eddie impossibly, Kingston yeah. saying fight me yep. to CM Punk's face yep. just I want it all day I want I, make that my fucking ringtone
1: possibly good
0: Oh, so good. And then you had you had all the the back and forth between him and Punk, but also you had the Players Tribune piece come out at the same time, which really shed a light onto this different side of Eddie that he doesn't show that much to the pro wrestling audience, you know, like is a very vulnerable state talking about his struggles with, with alcohol, you know, his relationship with Moxley all the self-doubt, all the, the mental health stuff that went into this, and then finally breaking through with AEW, and still not really knowing how to handle the immense amount of praise from all these people online who wanted him there as soon as he showed up and took Cody to task in that TNT title match. Yeah. Um, so you had this, all of this coming together to build into what basically was just a fight. Like, this wasn't a wrestling match, it
1: was a fight. No, it was such a good fight.
0: I mean, from the so beginning, sick. like him, him hitting the back fist before the match even starts. I just
1: screamed no, like, <laughs> like I had just been murdered in a horror movie and scream.
0: It was so fucking good. Um and then all the all the other all the other stuff, all the other stuff in this match, just like the, the busting punk open, putting punk's blood on his face and While beating him up um you know a lot of some of the other like oh god i can't even put it into words right now like it was just this was so good and it was exactly what it needed to be 11 minutes in and out just
1: full force just no breaks yeah no pauses no nothing like eddie kingston i'm not gonna say this was his coming out party in aew because he already had that Against Danielson or against Moxley or against Cody or any of that stuff, like. But in terms of like him being a sheer emotional storyteller, he had the crowd booing CM Punk, like which is yeah. crazy. That spot where they were gonna do a superplex and like Kingston was just like wailing away on Punk's back until he collapsed and like, you know like, how can you not like appreciate that sort of thing? Like that's like we've been talking about small details a lot but that's that's a small detail like you know him painting his face with punk's blood that's cool that he went back to do it again a second time that's a small detail you know the whole thing like the the back fist at the start of the match um punk coming out on top him not like any refusing to shake everyone's hand who like ever judged him in the back like he didn't shake danielson's hand either like This is excellent storytelling. Like, it is so good. And when he gets his win over one of these dudes, I'm going to cry. Like, I will cry. Like, straight up. Like, that match made me cry anyhow. Um, Like, I I can't even bring up specific spots because to me, it's all just, like, a feeling. Like, it's all one, like, wave of emotion that, like, starts, crests, and, like, crashes when Punk wins. Like, because I think I said... For like two weeks ahead of time, like the, the, the one of the, one of the tweets was, I need I need Eddie Kingston to beat the brakes off of CM Punk, like <laughs> you know, like I need Eddie Kingston to win more than anything in life. Like I was dead serious too. Like, uh, and the fact that he lost and I did not feel disappointed speaks volumes to how well that match was executed. Like like I said. It knew exactly what it was supposed to do and it went out and did it. And it was perfect. It was utterly perfect. Like just what a match. Like I, I can't wait to rewatch it, honestly. And I'll I'll probably rewatch it. I don't usually re-watch wrestling matches because there's always more wrestling. Like unless I'm reporting on something and I was not assigned that match. Uh so like the fact that I'm gonna sit there and, and watch it on a loop until I like figure out its mastery over my emotions. Like it says, <laughs> says a lot about how highly I hold that match in the guard.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Like this was such a uh, it, it felt like an emo- emotional catharsis in one way, but also still plenty left to tell and still plenty left to experience at the end of it. It was like you yeah. said, like. Kingston is not shaking hands with people that disrespected him over the, over his like 20 year career here. He's Give not respect. Yeah. He, he doesn't. Win. He wants yeah. to beat the bricks off of them, like you yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want too. Everyone sting. <laughs> Just get in there to take a back fist real quick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if that happens. Oh, if that happens. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if people think that I'm joking about how much I love Sting, but rest assured, I am not. I love Sting. <laughs> uh, I I think that he's a genius. I think that everything he's done in AEW, he's he's uh, he knows what he's doing and uh, he knows how to take a punch. So if Eddie Kingston has to step in there, knock him out, I'll be happy. I'll be mm. satisfied.
0: The last thing I, I do want to bring up for, for this match, just because, like, I just don't know, I'm with you. Like, it's hard to really describe distinct moments from it. But one that does stand out to me because it felt a little bit out of place, but not necessarily, um, was Punk kind of mimicking John Cena a bit here. That was great, actually. It, it was, yeah. Like, it, 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 was
1: amazing. it felt
0: out of place because it was supposed to, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I think that that was the kind of thing where, like, maybe in a certain sense, that's Punk acknowledging that, like, all of the stuff that had happened before the match had kind of made him the de facto heel. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he had actually done it, like, if he had done the five-knuckle shuffle... I would have lost my mind. Like I would have just lost my mind. Like I know he's done it before, but you uh... <laughs> just imagine Jr's head like spinning like a top.
0: God, like it, it was perfect. It was a perfectly set up there for him to do it, and I, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't. Honestly, yeah. but you know, it, it really just kind of played into. It played into so much in terms of the dynamic between them as well, you know, like in terms of like Punk went to WWE. Punk had all these moments there. Kingston is only getting this spot now in AEW and like, is, I don't know. It, there was a lot of stuff that played into that there. and It stood out to me in a match of moments that were standout but meld together in a beautiful, beautiful way. Um, can't say the same thing about the next one though. What? <laughs> I have a feeling we we might divulge a bit on this one. Inner Circle versus American Top Team. Minneapolis Street Fight.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Most of this match was good. I enjoyed a good chunk of it. Um, I cannot stand Dan Lambert. Or Dan Lambert's character uh as yeah. on, on a w television. Yeah, he
1: I seems guess. like a real nice guy yeah. wrestling with line exactly. scam and everything else <laughs> i
0: have i have hated this feud mm. honestly um mainly because i feel like the people that are involved in it most specifically uh proud and powerful Sammy guevara scorpio sky ethan page could be doing way more uh impactful stuff
1: personally be doing stuff yeah imagine if they did stuff
0: <laughs> i just i i just don't think the american top team thing has landed in the same way that it did whenever dan lambert was an impact per se you right. know um mainly because so much of the focus of dan lambert's promos and a lot of and by default the promos from ethan and scorpio as well focus on this like soy boy mentality bullshit that just irks me to no end because it's it's basically, yeah, it's playing off of these like alt-right tropes that are frustrating that then don't necessarily, to me, don't really enhance a pro wrestling product in that way. Like you're getting heat, but you're getting people that just don't want to see you on TV in that way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to mention the fact that you had the Jericho promo where slut shaming Van Aunt, hooray! Yeah. Um, th- it's just there's been a just a lot of things on the week to week build through this that have really like, just put a bad taste in my mouth for this whole oh, thing.
1: Ever since Lambert debuted, it's been terrible. Yeah. Gage Van Zant saying that she would fight Chris Jericho was a nice rejoinder to the slut shaming, though. I thought that that was good. It was. She's dope. I want to see her fight Chris Jericho. Same. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: But so, but even taking all of that out, uh, taking all of the like bad taste out of this right now, this was built up as kind of a not necessarily a blood feud, but a, but something that had a lot of hate and a lot of anger behind it for, and a lot of moments leading up to it where you had like legitimate violence going on. Not to say that wasn't present in this match. But I think some of the branding around the Minneapolis stuff, I'm a fan of Goofy. I love Goofy wrestling yeah. stuff. But this trended into a pattern that kind of went against the grain for what this match was supposed to be in terms of what they presented it on the week, on a week-to-week basis. And I just, I don't know. It just didn't work for me in, in that way. There were moments that worked. I loved Sammy doing his Jeff Hardy tribute. Yeah. Um, I love that Jericho won by hitting a frog splash and doing a, a, one of the better Eddie Guerrero that was um, excellent tributes there, yeah. but on the whole, it just didn't work for what I think AEW was setting this up to be, and I don't think that it. it I don't think it hit the landing at all.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, but Baron von Raschke
0: okay yes. did the Iron
1: Claw. <laughs> okay wrestling match is good
0: (laughs) okay i will give you that that was a stellar (laughs) moment that i did not see coming even though they only introduced him being out there at the beginning of that match
1: the match yeah that was amazing (laughs) like that dude really uh brett davis uh wrote an article about that for Fan Fight today and uh like he pointed out that like rashki was like a master of like milking his one thing like he claws the camera (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> at the end of the match and uh and yeah like that part that part was amazing like I'm fine with everything like I understand Dan Lambert's role I appreciate that he is uh as old school enough I mean for one this was a Memphis style like the weak manager is chosen as the, the fifth competitor war game style almost thank god this was not a war game match yeah. uh But like you know, I love Lambert's suit, like his velour tracksuit. I thought that that was it. It was a
0: good suit.
1: I loved watching him flex, like Hulk Hogan. Like when he (laughs) toned down the stuff about how millennials are like weak and garbagey or whatever. Like he got a lot better, um, for sure. I think that everybody whose name, like wrestler wise, isn't Chris Jericho or Jake Hager is being wasted uh and i i feel like that has been true of uh the inner circle for far too long like you know you could say proud and powerful could be doing better stuff now yeah they could be doing better stuff a year ago a year and a half ago yeah. three months ago six months ago nine months ago like they haven't been doing anything because they keep being the fourth and fifth man in all of these utterly meaningless inner circle like, group feuds, like, the Pinnacle feud had nothing to do with them. Like, they they had, like, one spot with uh, FTR, like, and they had two tag team matches, but, like, they didn't go anywhere. Like, and look, FTR is doing stuff right now while also doing stable stuff. It's, it's upsetting. Like, that's one of the most talented tag teams in the world, and I feel like I've gotten to see them tag twice in the past year. Not thrilled. Like, This match was a big waste of time so far as, like, that's concerned. But, again, Baron Von Raschke used the Iron Claw. (laughs) The match is therefore good.
0: (laughs) I, I, yes, the Baron Von Raschke thing definitely was was amazing to see. I also will give credence where it's due. I love that uh, a Purple Rain chant. Uh, got started after they introduced the prince symbol as a weapon i i love that i cover pro wrestling because i get to say sentences like that yeah yeah, um (laughs) but overall like this it just didn't it just didn't work like and i i hope that this is the end of of this whole issue there and i don't know if i necessarily want i don't want dan lambert on tv anymore if he's going to continue with this like if it goes back to like what he was doing in impact or he was just ripping on wrestling fans thinking that they were smart but then like pulling out all these title belts out of his duffel bag and shit like i ate that up that was great yeah but all this all all this other stuff It just that i feel like i'm being dog whistled on my wrestling show and i don't want that
1: (laughs) yeah i don't want that either so yeah you know, they so, got to figure it out or they got to send him back in.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, we should talk about the MMA fighters a little bit here because we, we had Junior Dos Santos and Andre Verlosky. Obviously, Verlowski, Um, you know, he, I guess, did his best. I'm not going to fault anybody for coming into something Ethan, brand new like this. Even
1: Page was physically directing him. Yeah. Like, we're just fine. Like, he's not a wrestler. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And if that's what it takes for him to safely execute a spot, that's great. But, like, the match was done in such a way. Like, a friend of mine, uh, like, postulated that the reason why there were, like, regular tags in a street fight was essentially to make it structured enough for the MMA guys to, like, not screw things up because they're not experienced. And, like, just because they're doing this doesn't mean that they're taking time out of their regular training schedule to, like, learn how to pro-wrestle that would be below them. Um, but the way that the match happened, I feel like there being MMA people had no bearing on what happened. Like, none whatsoever. The big spots were, like, you know, MMA people doing wrestling moves And mma people hitting someone with a bunk kick can or whatever you know like it was just like it didn't feel like they needed to be mma people like i like you know lambert could have hired baron von who's <laughs> who <laughs> 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 was probably at the same athletic prowess as he was like 30 years ago <laughs> um, but like you know what i mean right like he could have hired mercenaries as opposed to like he's connected to american top team so that's that's the way it's going to work but like I don't feel like they added anything to the match in terms of like what happened or the flavor of it or anything. Like they were mostly kept the far side of the camera while like following Chris Jericho or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't think that they really mattered all that much. I don't particularly have strong memories of anything that they did that was too special.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, outside of Junior Dos Santos hitting that standing moonsault and being just, so happy with himself that he that was, was able crazy. to do it. That was yeah. a lot of fun. So, and that honestly, that's what I want from those those type of people that come into wrestling. As long as you're having fun, like
1: just teach them how to do a power bomb. Yeah, that's, that's it. Power bombs are easy for the person <laughs> doing the power bomb.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that of course leads into the main event: Hangman Adam Page becoming. AW World Champion defeating Kenny Omega in a stellar main event. Honestly, it, in in my mind, um, it it played on the entire two plus year um, span that we've had here, building up to this from literally day one of AW launching uh, that press conference in Jacksonville. Um, Crowning Hangman as as the champion and the f- face of the, of this company, um, at least in some way, uh, it's hard. I have a hard time thinking about the face of AEW, but
1: yeah, Hangman
0: is up. You yeah, you like, and, that's a WWE thing. I know, I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. But it's, you've been con- you get conditioned to think so
1: ways. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you do for sure.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like breaking breaking, breaking thought processes. Yeah. yeah. But regardless, um, I really, really enjoyed this match. I really liked how they fit in some of the story s- stuff from that, even down to like Matt and Nick being out there playing off of, you know, when Hangman uh, cost them uh, by grabbing the leg. Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't, <sighs> I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that right now. Um, I was going to say something about Matt Jackson's face. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't like, i don't you don't think
1: the tough guys can have <laughs>
0: <laughs> no it's just like matt jackson's face acting is is you know it's whatever it's wrestling i, I honestly don't care it's not a big yeah. deal to me um but it, it did make me laugh a bit when i saw his face and, and yeah, nodding yeah. just like saying like yeah do it
1: you're right go ahead that's yeah i don't okay <laughs> So here's the thing i thought this match was dope i love hangman adam page uh with similar taste in shirts uh like how can i possibly say anything negative about him uh i i again i thought that the match was great i hope that someday i never have to endure another moment of being the elite acting uh being in a wrestling match i i didn't hate the ending i thought the hangman like i understood what they were doing obviously yeah uh and they had that promo beforehand where they were like if if you interfere with this like i will ruin your life or whatever but you know what maybe and nick don't need to be there maybe they just accept the fact that like yeah no whatever happens happens like there's no what are they gonna do they got their asses handed to them earlier tonight like they can't do shit um so yeah, like that part where like they did their their little like one act play uh, about supporting Hangman Page like winning the title or whatever, that kind of sucked because you know what it did? It spoiled the end of the match. This is the last move, everybody. Welcome to it. Like it's just like I could have gone for a little bit more drama, uh, and that kind of dampened it. But like I think that everything that you want out of a hangman page versus Kenny Omega match. Like, I think that the one from full cool gear last year was a little bit better, but I think that that's because I like shorter matches as compared to longer matches. Um, and I would not know how short that match was were it not for, uh, my writer, Joseph Anthony Auxilio, uh, discussing the difference between the two matches, which like I disagreed with them. Like he didn't like this particular match, uh, as much as I did. I just think that like, if if the ending were tuned up a little bit better, it would have been on par with any of, like, you know, Kenny's truly classic defenses, of which there have been a couple. Uh, It would have been up there with, like, any other AEW title match. But I think that this was, like, just a notch below. Like, not that much, um, but, like, just enough where it's, like, there was a big flaw with this match that needs to be discussed, and that was the big flaw for me.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, outside of that, I can't really think of a ton of glaring things. I, and so much about this was kind of built into having the knowledge of, of the history that goes into this. I mean, even down to Kenny's entrance, and you have the big what would Coda think sign out yeah, there.
1: Which is, yeah, that person had a lot of good signs, or one of the people in the front row, I do <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> poppy stakes one was really good. Uh, But yeah, that one, that sign was great. Kenny noticing it and looking at it was good. Um, I think that all of the, like, the the announcers were on key, too. Like, I think that the Tony Schiavone or someone like that was, like, I have to tell you something. Like, I think that the thing that they're doing where they say that, like, Hangman Cage will never win the big one or, like, he's a choke artist or whatever, like, that his friends are doing that, it's total garbage. Like, and I was, like, yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Like, they... Everything about this match did a really good job of picking him up. And, like, the, the truth of the matter is, what mattered the most is how it felt when Hangman won the title because this has been a two-year storyline. Um, and that two-year storyline has gone. It's been serpentine. They've done a good job of burying it under stuff like where, like, you don't know that the feud is still happening. Like, all of the early stuff with the Dark Order, like, the fake-out with having him lose that gauntlet match, like, and and the title shot at all out like you know all of it was done so well and there's so much to pull from and everyone who likes to make music videos or like you know whatever like tribute like youtube videos of like feuds and things like that that is a rich one like that is a rich tapestry it is long it is interesting uh because i think if i remember correctly when uh when year happened and Hangman lost, like Kenny was like, I'm never dealing with this guy again. But like he just kept popping up. Like, it's perfect. Like it's perfect storytelling. Uh, and maybe if the Young Bucks were better actors, I wouldn't mind that, <laughs> that last part. But like, you know, I think that I go into these matches accepting the fact that I'm going to have to stomach a little bit more uh, elite nonsense than I want to. Like I know it's happening. It didn't happen all that much. Like Don Callis was mostly uninvolved like you know the good brothers are not there um nakazawa wasn't out there brandon wasn't out there like it was pretty much as clean as you can get from a match with 2021 kenny omega And i'm glad they kept it that way just just one notch that's it like it was it was close i don't think it was perfect like cm punk eddie kingston was perfect this was very good And very good is a hard standard to reach in pro wrestling, I feel like.
0: No, you're not wrong. Um, But I guess this kind of brings up the question now that the reign is over how would you look at Kenny Omega's, at least for now, first reign as AEW World Champion as
1: a whole? I think that depends on what kind of wrestling you prefer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you're looking at, Champions been, like, four?
0: i think kenny was the third
1: so yeah hangman's the fourth so you've got three you can't count hangman uh if you pick chris jericho you're a police officer uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so that really leaves you with john Moxley or kenny omega and like what style of wrestling you prefer between the two of them i prefer brawling like i just do like you know, really, I prefer technical wrestling, but Kenny is not a technical wrestler. Like he, he, is like very technically minded, but like he's still a high flyer. Um, I think I like Moxley's reign a little bit more. For one, it gave me Moxley. It gave me an Eddie Kingston World Title Championship match on the main event of a pay per view. Um, I happen to like him quite a bit. Uh, so that's what I'm going with is, is John Moxley.
0: Okay, I, th- I think that. It is a question of taste, honestly, and I think that both accomplished exactly what they wanted to, per se, in in their reigns or, or are clearly defined for the greatness for the, that they had in their reigns for those different styles, different approaches to storytelling and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I thought outside of the, um, the exploding barbed wire match, um, I thought that Kenny's reign was um really really good
1: honestly. Was, yeah, no, it was. And yeah. that, the the exploding barbed wire match was not his fault. Exactly. Like that match up until that point was also very good.
0: Yes. Exactly. Like for all of the parameters that Kenny Omega could control. I think that this range just further further solidifies the kind of status of that championship. It really solidifies Kenny Omega's place on in the wrestling landscape if he didn't hadn't already you yeah. know um and it built into a perfect climax with with page winning the title and being raised on dark order
1: shoulders at the end of the show right just in time for him to be confronted by the fiend <laughs> <laughs> down.
0: god if the fiend shows up
1: it's time so they'll, they'll they'll trademark that Mark Crozier song and it will be like, you know, he's here, and then the bass guitar will start like the boom 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 like That's, <laughs> that's the celebration. <laughs> it's the <fiend>.
0: Oh man, <laughs>
1: I I dig it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's gonna be Daniel Bryan, but yeah, you know, beggars can't be choosers here. You got the fiend, you got Daniel Bryan. Who's eh, no one's a loser in this scenario. Nope. Except the fiend, if it's not him.
0: <laughs> maybe that will come after after Danielson. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe uh, old uh, Wyndham's got to um, finish up that movie that he's shooting or whatever first.
1: Oh, for God, that he just goes by his last name. Wait, is it his last No, that's his first name. That's his first name, yeah. So confusing, the Wyndham's and the Rotondos. I know. That does sound like a cool Western feud, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) They didn't book that whole feud in his name. Windham versus Rotunda's. I've watched it. It's
0: it's all right. Honestly, I think we suck the landing as well as we can right now. Overall, uh, full gear, um, feelings, thoughts coming out of it, where would you kind of place it against other AEW pay per views if you even want to do that? sometimes comparison can be a chore that's unneeded
1: i mean there's like it's harder to compare AEW pay w pay-per-views to one another because there's only four like and frankly like i'll I'll be real after covid and uh you know the way that this year is shaken out i don't remember revolution outside of the ring not exploding uh (laughs) like that's what i remember from that show um so I'm not going to compare things, but what I will say is that this leaves the company with a couple of interesting directions to go, but also kind of proves that they don't have interesting directions for some people. Like we're still doing. Oh, well, we didn't mention that Jay Lethal got signed.
0: Oh God, we uh, forgot about Jay Lethal. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, hang on. All I was going to say about Jay Lethal. Okay. Is that, like. Them continuing to do the opening like the open contract thing with like indie talents or XWE people or whatever, like alright, cool. So we have we have Sammy versus Jay Lethal, like that's what we have. How exciting. Everyone must be so excited for this. <laughs> Jay Lethal, imagine uh you you have more pressing things to say about jv though i can see you like your aura is like vibrating about this
0: well it's one of those things like i I mean on this show when we cover pay-per-views that have people that have credible allegations against them in the past it is something that i have made the decision to point out before discussing any kind of involvement that they have on the show. Saying that, I also neglected to mention that Cole Cabana still has not really properly addressed dropping homophobic slurs on his Twitch chat on his Twitch channel towards somebody. Um, so th- that's there for the for the Dark Order uh, celebration at the end of the show. Um, but when it comes to Jay Lethal, um, there's this is twofold for me. One, obviously, you have the uh, multiple allegations of sexual harassment. Um, from women that were in Ring of Honor with him at the time uh, that he was at his height there um, and then also it just doesn't feel f- completely divested from that in terms of just a wrestling standpoint I'm with you, it just doesn't feel that exciting like I saw he's him come out good. huh?
1: He's not very good I mean He's fine
0: He's fine C+. Plus. There are so, but the thing is, like, I get why they went out and got him because he already has a built-in relationship with a lot of the EVPs. There, he was on All In. He has a relationship with them through Ring of Honor. You know, he's been on Being the Elite so many times in the past. He's a friend of the Elite. But there is so much more exciting. People out there that whether it be people that were on the ring of honor roster that are now without a contract because of the situation there, or on other independent circuits that are out there that could like, yes, you lose that name factor, I think in a lot of those cases. But at the same time, you have someone who actually has a potential to grow and build this brand in the same way that they're doing with people like Dante Martin or a lot of the women's division. I don't know. It just really frustrated me that Jay Lethal was the one they went out there and grabbed um, off of this, um, knowing what he brings already, just in terms of baggage. Um, Now,
1: imagine this. Yes. They sign a woman, and her name is Mercedes Martinez. Oh. And that's who they decide to debut. Just, just spitballing. Like, not everything has to be another get for the men's division. Yeah. Uh, which is too often what the company decides to do. Um, Bobby Fish wasn't a very exciting signing either. Like, now we're stuck with Bobby Fish. Like, what are we going to do with Bobby Fish once he exhausts his, like, whatever? Like, there's nothing to do. Like these Sean Spears with the Confederate goatee. <laughs> um, like I I don't understand some of the signings that we've had of late. Like I get like you know the younger people like the Lee Moriartys and the um, Daniel Garcias and those are smart and like I think that they're figuring out how to build those talents like off screen. Like Daniel Garcia wrestled CM Punk like he's doing fine. But, like <laughs> do I want to see Jay Lethal wrestle CM Punk? No, I don't want to see Jay Lethal wrestle anyone he's a freaking snooze his the best attribute about him is that he has shitty macho man randy savage ripoff off music because he used to do a character based on macho man that's what he's got going for me he wears a suit not a particularly impressive one uh like it's, it's just like cool you're like another suit man on on wrestling tv like calm down you're not like Tony Khan, calm down. Like, there's a million other people out there. Like, if the Jay Leeville money means that we don't got Keep any money, I'm gonna be real pissed. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, money or whatever. Like, it's just you know, you have a roster that is huge and like it's a warehouse essentially, but it's not a warehouse like WWE's because they actually do use everybody from week to week. Uh, I remember that one time where they had like 70 people on dynamite or something like that. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, how do you manage that in two hours? Um, the answer is have a 12 person stable like our Order. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this is just like nobody's excited about this. Anytime they tweet about their loophole, they're inviting 90 replies about, you know, the accusations that came out during the speaking out movement. Uh, you know this is a this is an unforced loss like not even an error like this is a straight up loss like no one cares it's not 10 years ago anymore like he's had a 20 year career he's like in his upper 30s like and no offense but like you know carrying ring of honor at the at the time that he carried ring of honor it doesn't have the same cachet as other eras of ring of honor do like he's not the guy if he was the guy, then Impact would still have him because he was there and he was the champion for a little while. But I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I wanna, I wanna move on from it because <laughs> he's not fun. <on>. Very, very <laughs> big snooze. Uh, and he has a dumb finisher. I hate that stupid thing. I hate it when Will Ospreay does it too. The, oh, look at me, I'm doing a cartwheel under the ring ropes and I'm not even looking and I'm doing a diamond cutter, like, but does not work? It doesn't work in real life. Uh, we're fake life. It shouldn't. So, I'm, I'm against this in all ways. Uh, you know, down with Jay Lethal. Uh, but not in the positive way, because you can be down with Jay Lethal or you can be down with Jay Lethal and I'm down with Jay Lethal. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. Definitely. Um, well, I think that's uh, a good place to kind of wrap up right. here with, with AEW Full Gear 2021 and to wrap up with some fire apparently. Um, <laughs> Colette, thank you so much for taking the time to chat about the show. Let everybody know where they can uh, find you online and check out what you have going on at Fan Fight. All
1: right, uh, I am on Twitter at Colette Aaron. Uh, more importantly though, you can uh, check out Fan Fight, which you can access by going to fanfight.com. That's F-A-N-F-Y-T-E, um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at fanfight F-A-N-F-Y-T-E. Um, we're posting a lot of good stuff about all or all out. Uh, we're posting a lot of great stuff about full gear this week, uh, including a look at Baron von Raschke, uh, the uh, the look at uh, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega, and uh, I will I will spoil it. Uh, the article that I am working on right now that is called uh, "MJF Constantly Adjusting His Jock: Colon a Review." <laughs> so. I fucking, uh, I absolutely
0: adore y'all's headlines over there. It's just yep. so, so good.
1: Headlines are headlines are the, the best part of the job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yet yeah, the part of the job that I struggle with the most. That's anyway. Funny.
1: <laughs> but, you know, you got to be pithy and you have to have a website that allows you to be, uh, like flagrantly <laughs> terrible. <at nothing. laughs> um, that's where I'm at. That's where no. I'm at. So, thank you so much for having me on this time around.
0: No, thank you for coming on. My thanks once again to Colette for taking the time to sit down and, and chat about all the different things that came out of this show. Um, I know at the top of this, I, I said that in a lot of ways, like it felt like the build to this to, of uh, the overall kind of general build to this felt like a one, a one match show. But, um, honestly, personally, it, it was more, so much more than that, honestly. Um, and talking through so much of this show with Colette kind of, um, showed me that more of that I think I don't know I it, it's always fun to kind of like explore where your mind's at in these sort of things but regardless check out um, all of the outstanding coverage that is being done over at fanfight.com uh, on the show as well as just their overall wrestling coverage it's always a good read over there a lot of fun stuff a lot of um, interesting and um, thought provoking stuff as well coming out uh, of their coverage of pro wrestling over there. Um, But with that being said, we're going to end this one. Make sure you check out uh, the other episode we have dropping today, my interview with Mercedes Martinez. Uh, That was a a dope chance to to have the chance to sit down and chat with her. Um, But uh, until you hear my voice again, uh, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and give me the Sting vs. Brian Danielson match Bye.
1: ready to die see it from the and the devil is 666